Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. You know, as a church, we've been pressing into the season of awake. And we've been talking about this awake statement for a long, long time now, since way before Christmas. And every time I hear the word awake, it brings you back to if you're going to awake, then someone's got to be asleep. Something's got to be asleep and we all want to get into the awake moment where God comes down and He wakens us up and we, we get something fresh from God. But can we say to ourselves, what have I gone to sleep on? What have I decided that it's not for me? What have I decided that was all too hard? What have I decided that, that maybe that is not, even though it says it in the Word, maybe it's not relative for this day and this time? Well, can I encourage you as I speak this morning, pick that up, decide I'm not going to sleep in that thing any longer, but I'm going to get up and I'm going to wake up to what God spoke over me and what He speaks into my life and who I am in Jesus, because He wants us to be awake and alive. He does not want us to sit back and allow the world to come to us, but we need to go out to the world and transform this world around us. So, can we make the first pact this morning? I'm not going to do the same things that I did before over and over and over and over again and expect a different result. I'm going to step into something new. I'm going to do something different that is going to cause a chain reaction in my life that is going to wake me up in some area of my life and I'm going to step out into something new in Jesus. Can we all do that this morning? I don't know what that is. I know we're running courses during the week and we're challenging people to get up every morning and to study their word. To challenge everybody to get up and pray like you've never prayed before. We're fasting this week. Everyone remember? Everyone implanted? We're fasting this week. Don't forget, fasting this week. Because we want to see God move. I want to see God move. And I want to be awakened to Him. And I know when I lay something down, He gives me something back. And I become more awake in Him. Sometimes that awake is just we're too familiar. and I remember this, I was lying in bed last night and I remember the story. We, we were in an elevator a few years ago, Claire and I, and we'd gone out to a work do and it was at a flash, flash place here on the Gold Coast. And we hopped in this elevator and these two men walked in. And as they walked in, they said to Claire, gee, I really like your shoes. And uh, she says, she didn't say much. She says, I know you from somewhere. And she says, I've seen your face before somewhere. Where have I seen your face? And she knew them but she didn't really know where they were from or who they were. And, and these were two of the judges. One from was America and one was from Australia. And, and that show, what was it, So You Think You Could Dance? And so they'd, they'd stood in the elevator and she'd obviously seen their faces on TV. Well, she knew their faces. She could recognise them, but she didn't know who they were. And I wonder so much for all of us in our relationship with Jesus, we're just like that. We, we, we've seen his, seen his face occasionally. We, we know this, this Jesus because sometimes he gets close to us and we, we think, I know you're from somewhere. I, I recognize you working in my life every now and then. But do we really know who he is? You know, these judges, they were laughing, they gave it a banter with us and they had us on a little bit and I'm sitting at the back because I knew who they were. And, and I was listening to Claire, she hadn't, didn't have a clue. And she was asking them all these questions and they were having her on a bit. But it was, it was funny, but it was sad because... She knew the faces, but she didn't know where they were from. That familiarity, you know, I, I know you, but do I actually know you? And, and I have a, a desire to know God, to know Jesus. 
And it doesn't come from just looking at him on a, like on a TV screen every now and then. It comes from pressing into him and spending time with him and, and getting to know who he is and, and getting him to work in your life. I struggled, I was, I was thinking about focus and I came up with a way that women focus really well. And I was thinking about when a woman has a baby, everything goes out the window. That's all their focus is on getting this baby out into the world. Doesn't matter what else happens. Um, if you say the wrong thing, you're gone. If you say the right thing, you're gone. You're just, just there to support because their one focus is the baby and that's all it is. And women are blessed because they've got this focus. And I, I started to think about men. And I thought, when do we actually focus like that? You know, you've been to a football game, but it, it fails in comparison to having a baby. M maybe maybe we've, we've done something spectacular, you know, jumped off a cliff or something, had some excitement, but really it fails in comparison to having a baby. And, and I can see how women can focus because they've got this oh, desire to get this baby out and it can't stay any longer. I don't know, guys, can you think of anything where, where we can beat that? No? Come on, there must be something. Yeah, there's nothing. Well, anyway, my word this morning is called don't miss it. I don't want to miss it. And it's the story of, you've probably all heard it before, from about blind Bartimaeus when he received his sight. And I just want to read from Mark 10, verses 46 to 52. And it says, And they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up, on your feet, he is calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has, has, has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Pretty spectacular point in blind Bartimaeus' life. We can read that. We can say, gee, that's a good story. But I know if I was blind Bartimaeus, I'd be pretty wrapped with that. You know, blind one minute and then this man called Jesus turns up and all of a sudden I can see. You know, I... I was thinking about the story and they were leaving Jericho and it, it doesn't say in the Bible anything that Jesus did in Jericho. It doesn't talk about him healing any sick. It doesn't talk about him doing anything spectacular. And I'm watching this Jesus of Nazareth leaving Jericho. And I find it a bit strange that these people that are following him are calling Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth as he leaves the city because they were following him because he was, he was supposed to be more than just this Jesus of Nazareth. He was supposed to be Jesus, the son of David, or Jesus, the son of God. But as they're talking, they're saying, this is Jesus, the son of Nazareth. And I, I wonder if maybe they were let down a little bit about what happened in Jericho. 
I wonder if it's how they were leaving, their perception wasn't quite right and they were, they were saying, I believe in this Jesus of Nazareth, but maybe I don't really believe in this Jesus, the son of David, any longer. Maybe I don't re- believe that Jesus is the son of God. And my challenge was, here's this blind man, this blind Bartimaeus sitting on the side of the roadway and everyone is talking about Jesus of Nazareth, but who speaks up? A blind man. And he cries out, Jesus, son of David. He was blind, blind for his eyes, but there was something that caught his attention, something that spoke to his spirit. And even though everyone else was calling Jesus by a different name, he called him a better name, Jesus, the son of David. And for us, just like like Claire, she didn't recognize these people in the lift. These people that were following Jesus recognized him because he was Jesus from Nazareth. But did they really recognize him as Jesus, the son of David, or Jesus, the son of God? They rebuked, they rebuked Bartimaeus, told him to be quiet because their belief system was strong. They believed that he wasn't quite right. They believed that this guy was probably their religious um, side had come out and they were trying to look after Jesus in a a nice way to get him to walk properly and and look after him so no one got on his, his road and He wasn't going to get harassed on the way out because he was Jesus of Nazareth. But there was one man who screamed out louder and louder and louder, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You know, he was, Jesus was leaving because he was heading to Jerusalem. And we know he was heading Jerusalem to get to the cross. He was on his way to his his death for us all. And that this Jesus takes time out. For this man who is crying out for him, he takes time out to stop. When he's on this journey, which he he would have had a schedule because he knew what was going on. And he says, come to me. Come to me, this one man who cried out, who recognized who Jesus was. So my first point this morning is to tune in. And somebody said this during the week and it made me laugh. Um, You know, Jesus was walking past and blind Bartimaeus managed to tune into something of Jesus that the others weren't hearing. He managed to somehow in his blindness and his inability to, to, to relate to the world around him, somehow he managed to tune into this, this Jesus that no one else had seen at that, that moment in time. And even though he, he was broken in a lot of ways because he was blind and if you, you were blind in that era, you, you were unclean, so you couldn't do a lot of things that the normal person could do. He still recognized that there was this Jesus there and he managed to tune into him. You know, when I was a young boy, I, it was, we probably didn't have TV when I was first growing up. And we had a, a radio. And I can remember it was um, two meters long, uh, probably by about, I don't know, 500 mil wide. And it was this big thing, really, I don't know if anyone remembers these big radios with a record player on top. And it had this side drawer that you could drop down and the records were in the side drawer. And when you're young, you could crawl through that drawer and, and into the, the back of the radio. And uh, I'd get up in the mornings and it was a dial, you know, the old dials that you had. And, and there was a, a rope that went round the dial and it went round through a couple of cogs to the back to the mechanism which tuned, tuned the, the radio in. And, and sometimes you'd get up in the morning, you'd turn it and it had slipped, and so you couldn't tune into the station you, you could get, or sometimes the, the, the rope would come off, and so you couldn't tune it in. 
So as a young boy, I'd crawl inside this radio, very, very dangerous, because there was 240 volts in there, I don't know how I wasn't killed. And I would actually grab the steel mechanism in the back and I would, I would turn it until I could find the radio station. And I'd turn it until I, the static would disappear and I could actually hear in the radio station properly. And, and what's worse is if, if there was a valve that was broken and if, does anyone know what a valve is? Yeah, all the older people. I'd, I'd go into the, the back of the radio and I don't know how I knew this as a young boy, but the valves were like this big and you'd watch them and, and there were some that glowed and some that didn't. And the ones that they didn't glow, they were broken. And so I'd pull the valve out and I'd put a new valve in to get the radio going again. But I, there was the rope that would slip or it would come off and I couldn't tune into what God wanted, what, what the radio was telling me. And even when it was slipping, I'd try and get it to the right station. And, and you know when it's slipping, you probably don't know what it's like when it's slipping. But when it's slipping, you try to turn it, you turn it 10, 10 ways this way, and it moves like quarter of a turn and back. And you're trying to find the station, and you can't get it exactly right. And I wonder for all of us, that's like our relationship with God. We're, we're striving to find God, and we're trying to tune in to, to hear His voice. But something's slipping. There's something slipping and, and, and we can't quite tune in because there's so much static going on that we can't really hear the station. Or maybe the, the ropes come off altogether and we can't tune into anything. So I would hope by the end of this that we're going to know a little bit better about how to tune into God. How to hear His voice. How to be like blind Bartimaeus where everyone else couldn't hear that this was Jesus, the son of David. But He could. Because he had something, he had tuned into something, he had recognised something, and I don't know what it was because he, was, he had nothing else to turn to. This was the only chance he had to be healed, and so he was willing to turn to, to God. I think of King David, and he was fantastic on this. He would, he would talk in the Psalms about writing his Psalms, writing songs to Jesus, about meditating on God, and he was constantly writing down his thoughts about Jesus. He lived a life where he was tuned into something he could hear God, even though he made some drastic, real bad mistakes. He, he was able to tune in to hear what God was saying. Pastor Byron spoke a couple of weeks ago on declarations and how that even though David was a young boy, he stood up against Goliath and everyone else was scared about this giant that was, was saying, you know, I'm going to beat you all. And David manages to stand up and takes on Goliath. And we know the story here. He hits him with a stone right in the forehead and knocks him down. Because he heard what God was saying. This is just an uncircumcised Philistine. Who can he stand up against to when I'm standing in, in the, with the living God beside me? He'd somehow tuned into something that was more than what everyone else was on the day. And he could hear that God was speaking to him and he had such a resolve in his life that he just stood up and he, he did something spectacular for God. You know, that, that word that Jesus, the son of David, that just means that David had a promise as the king of Israel that one of his offspring would rule over Israel forever. And we know who that is. They had the expectation there was always going to be a king that was going to rule in, in, on the earth for Israel. But God has a different idea and he sets up his son, Jesus, as the king that rules forever and ever and ever. And even today, he's ruling forever. Of everything that we need, everything that's against us, he rules. You know, outside that city that day, there were lots of beggars. And I wonder if the others were just still begging for money 
as Jesus went past. They still had their cup out asking for, for finances, for money and whatever else they needed. And there was one man that came from a different spirit, one man who stood up. And when they were asking for money, what did he beg for? Have mercy on me. He had a perception of Jesus that the others didn't have. The others were looking at their needs and what they thought, but he had an outward vision where he was looking and saying, have mercy on me because I can recognize there's some failings in my life. And he recognized who Jesus was and there was a big gap between them. And so he was asking for mercy. And I open it for us. What are we asking for? He had one moment. One moment as Jesus was walking past. This was his moment. If Jesus walked past, he was never coming back again. And that's why I think why he was crying out more than ever, because he realized this was his moment. Shouldn't we live our lives like that all the time? This is my moment. When am I going to, do I have to stop and allow him to walk past? You know, I I try to do a bit of surfing and I'm not that good, but I, I try. And... When, you, when you're surfing, the, the, the waves come and they're all different heights and different lengths and different widths. And you, you've really got to look and, and study them when you're out the back because if you're too far out, the wave just passes underneath you and you miss it. If you're too far in, the wave breaks on you and, and, and you get caught up in the white water and you have to paddle the way back out again. But if you're in exactly the right spot, in exactly the right spot, as that wave comes and it stands up in front of you and it's, it's steep and you don't even have to try. You're just a couple of paddles and you're up and you're gone. Can you imagine what it's like where every day I'm in the perfect spot? Every day of my life I'm sitting there and this wave is coming and I'm in the perfect spot where Jesus is right there or God is right there beside me and he's gonna pick me up and he's gonna catapult me into everything I need for that day. But to surf well, you have to practice. You can't just go out once every six months and expect to hop on the perfect wave and do the perfect ride. You have to go out there, and I don't go out enough. Paul here goes out twice a week. He's better than me. But you know, you have to go out, you have to practice. You have to learn to pick the wave. You have to keep an eye on the swell. You have to get out there on your phone and find out when the swell's coming, which direction it's coming from, where it's going to. For us, blind Bartimaeus, even though he had one opportunity and only one opportunity, he was not gonna miss this opportunity. Can we not miss our opportunities in God to be in exactly the right place when this wave comes? We are on it. We're not gonna miss what God wants to speak into our lives and what he wants to do in our lives. I don't wanna miss it. Do you wanna miss it? I don't know how many times I go past and I'll, I'll go to a gas station and they'll ask how are you and I'll say, great, and they'll ask me a question. And I walk away and I think, why didn't I say that? Or someone beside the road and I'll drive past and I think I should have stopped and helped them. All, all these things that we do that we miss, can we not miss what God is speaking to us? You know, if you want a better marriage, do a marriage course. If you want a strong foundation, do a planet course. If you want to build consistency in your family around God, then be consistent in church, be consistent in the time you spend with, your, with God and your family. If rejection has you bound, then put yourself in a position to find acceptance, and let me tell you, you'll find it here. If fear has you bound, then start to take face steps. Position yourself to be successful in all you do, 
Because when you position yourself, God has a habit of doing something in your life that, that you couldn't do for yourself. I hear so many times lately, and I'm, I'm hearing it more and more and more, about this end time revival. And I look at the countries of the world where God is moving and doing spectacular things and presidents are being saved, stadiums are being filled, millions are meeting in, meet, in, in one meeting just to meet with Jesus. And I can't help but think, what would happen if you're in these countries and you didn't go to that stadium? Or if you didn't drive to that place where that, that evangelist was and you missed out on what he was saying? To be in the right place at the right time for God to move in your life, I do not want to miss it. I don't know what you're like. When I was a young boy and I was a teenager growing up in youth, I was too scared to miss church on Sunday because I would think, and, and God was moving, just like God is moving now, maybe more. And I think, I'm just gonna miss out. I don't wanna miss out. I don't wanna miss out what he's got for me. I don't wanna miss out what he's got for others. And so I would, it was my thing that I went to church every Sunday. In fact, I went twice on Sunday because I was so scared I was gonna miss out on what God wanted for me. I was just hungry and I didn't wanna miss it. So, first thing, tune in. The next one, step in. So many told, told blind, blind Bartimaeus to be quiet. They even rebuked him. And I don't know what that sounded like, but that word rebuke is pretty strong. So I'd say they would have been giving him a pretty hard time telling him, look, just stay down. I don't know whether I'm physically trying to get him to stay down or not. But this man decided he was going to see Jesus. And even though the others around him were saying it's not happening, he was saying, yes, it is happening. And he was going to Jesus no matter what. And he screams out all the more, have mercy on me. That got Jesus' attention. I, um, I find it funny that Jesus did not walk towards blind Bartimaeus, but he called blind Bart Bartimaeus towards him. And even though he was still blind, could not see, he takes a step. Could have fallen in a hole, could have walked into someone, could, could have, I don't know what he could have done, could have walked into some lady and knocked her over, could have done lots of things, but he took a step towards Jesus. And he takes another step towards Jesus, still blind, still blind. He's still walking towards Jesus and he's still blind and he's, he's stepping towards Jesus because he's already cried out for mercy and he recognised that this, this son of David has something that he needs and he's walking towards him even though he can't even see. So this morning, let me tell you, if you can't see Jesus this morning, if you feel like he's not close, if you feel like you've never found him, can I encourage you? He's calling you. He's calling you to step into who He is, to step into what He's got for you, to step and have an appointment with Him, to meet Him for the first time. But are you willing to take some steps where you're gonna to step towards God and not just sit back and say, okay, God, if you're real, come and, come and do something in my life. He, he's very gracious and sometimes He does, but most of the time it takes a faith step for us to step in. I wonder if Bartimaeus and his blindness saw the impossible or saw the possible when everyone else saw the impossible. Even though he was blind, he still saw the possible. Whereas everyone else who had their eyes opened and was so focused on the world, probably all they saw was the impossible. And Jesus interrupts the philosophy of the day that, that this man was unclean and he calls blind Bartimaeus towards him, this unclean man towards him. And let me tell you, if you think you're not good enough this morning, he's calling you, he's calling the unclean, he's calling the ones that don't deserve it into him this morning because he wants to have a relationship with you and he wants to make you clean. That is who our Jesus is. 
Blind Bartimaeus, as he gets up, it says he throws off his beggar's cloak. And if you knew his beggar's cloak was his right to beg in the day, it was like his license to beg. And he gets up and he throws this cloak off before he can even see. And as, and as he's walking towards Jesus, he's already left his cloak, his begging cloak behind, of the old life behind. And he's stepping into who, who God is in his life. He's stepping into what he wants in his life. He's stepping into a future and a hope, even though he doesn't know what that future is, really. He's still unsure whether he's going to be healed because Jesus hasn't said to him yet, your eyes are going to be opened. He just knows that Jesus is, he's crying out to son of David, have mercy on me, have mercy on me. And he's just stepping into what God's got for him. For when we step into God, we can find freedom. He couldn't see what that next step was. I can't help but think their faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. If we're going to walk with God, we have to have faith and we have to step into areas that are just uncomfortable for us. And the uncomfortable that's for us will open up doors that you never thought was possible. You know, the beggars are on the side of the road, as I said before. As you go through the gate of the city, they were all lined up, the lepers, the unclear the blind, the broken. They were lined up along the road. But I only read of one man crying out. I wonder what the others were thinking. They, like I said before, would they still have their cups out, still asking for money? Are they still sitting there in their brokenness, thinking this is all we've got, it's just we're broken, we're always going to be broken, and this is all we've got. But one man had a bigger vision, a bigger vision than that. He recognized that in Jesus, there wasn't any brokenness any longer. And he had an opportunity and a hope that his brokenness was not gonna be broken anymore. For my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. For when we are weak, he is strong. Can you hang on to that today? Jesus didn't come to blind Bartimaeus, so what's stopping us from coming to him today? What's stopping us from walking into all that he has for us and stepping into the impossible that we think is impossible, but when we meet Jesus, we find out it's, it is very, very, very possible as we step into him. Some people here today think you deserve nothing. Well, let me tell you, God is all you need. He's everything you need. Some of us see, think we deserve everything, but we have to know our brokenness and that all we need is just in Jesus. Blind Bartimaeus cried out for mercy. And when we come to Jesus, can we cry out, acknowledging that Jesus has everything. He has everything, all we need. And, and we ask God, God, will you, will you help me in this situation? God, I choose to humbly bow myself before you because, God, I recognize you're the supreme authority. I recognize, Lord, who you are, Lord God. And when I humble myself before you, then you will lift me up. And when we get close to God, then we can say, God, will you, will you heal my hurts? Will you heal my pains? Will you heal me and, and help me to walk this life well that I can run into all that you have? Because blind Bartimaeus, he was all in. Third point, there was no going back with blind Bartimaeus. He wasn't going back to his old spot. He wasn't going to pick up his old cloak. He left that cloak behind and he was not going back. See, when he came close to Jesus... Jesus, who even though he's omniscient, he knows everything. He asked blind Bartimaeus this question. What do you want? My question for you this morning, what do you want? 
What do you want? More than anything else, what do you want? It was pretty simple for blind Bartimaeus, I suppose, because he couldn't see and he was going to ask, I want to see. What do you want? Is there a thought that comes into your mind now? If Jesus was to ask you that question, what do you want? What do you have faith for today? What do you want in your life? Blind Bartimaeus speaks very boldly now and he says, I want to see. I wonder how much he'd heard of Jesus. He recognised him that Jesus was the son of David, but I wonder if he'd heard about miracles and so it gave him faith to step into the miracles or I wonder if he hadn't heard anything. But he was just in such a place, there was, there was no other option and so he wanted Jesus. Can you think that's what we should be like? There is no other option. There is no other way out. It's only Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus here today, let me tell you, he'll set you free. He'll put you in a place where you can be free in your life to step into areas and do things you never thought was possible. The, the, the load that's on your shoulders can fall off. Your health can be restored. Your marriage can be restored. Your relationship with your kids can be restored. He's a God of restoration. He answers, blind Bartimaeus answers, Rabbi, which means master. He recognised him as the supreme authority. In some version it says, Rabboni, which means my great master. Let me receive my sight. Jesus knew what he needed. So I wonder if this question was just for blind Bartimaeus and not for himself. For what we need is not always what we want. What we need is not always what we want. And so often we, we ask God for what we want, but is it really what we need? And when we tune into God and we, we learn to hear His voice, then I believe we start to really hear from Him and we start to press into what we really need. And that's a different question. What do I want and what do I need? You know, Jesus healed blind Bartimaeus, but his faith received it. When you find out what you really need and you come to a God where you recognize that this is Jesus, the son of David, or Jesus, the son of God, and you're standing before his son of God with your needs, because it says he's going to supply all our needs according to his riches and glory. Then I believe if we step up by faith, we will get our needs. It's just what are your needs? What are my needs? My basic needs, one thing is I need oxygen. I know he's given me that. I need water, I need, I need food. I need relationship. I need love. I need affection. All of that is in Jesus. Do you know he's supplied everything here? This whole earth, he made it just for us. In Genesis, it says he made everything through his words. He just spoke things into being. And how much more could he create in our lives what we need as he speaks to us? Have you heard him lately? Have you heard him speaking to you? By his words, he spoke the very earth into existence. And when he speaks to you, something comes alive. Something is renewed in your life. When was the last time you spent time in his presence, waiting to hear his voice? Because when you hear his voice, it creates new life in you. It gives you a future, it gives you a hope, it gives you different perspective. And when you come to your needs and he comes back with an answer for your needs, you know that he's going to answer your needs. Immediately, he followed Jesus along the road. 
He left his place of begging. He cast off his cloak. He cast off his old life. And he pressed and he walked into what, to following Jesus. He left behind his old habits of sitting down, just begging. He left behind his cloak, his old identity. He left it behind. He left behind the place where he sat to, to get his finances and his, his money from, his home, what he knew. And what did he do? He followed Jesus. He followed Jesus. So firstly today, will you make a decision? Am I going to tune into what God is saying to me? If the belts come off this morning, or if it's slipping today, will you make this decision to press it a bit harder? Maybe you have to crawl inside that radio and turn the mechanism so you can hear him clearly. So the static isn't in your life that all you can hear is static, but you can actually hear Jesus and what he's saying to you. That you're not just going to hear that it's Jesus, the son of Nazareth, is, is in my life, but it's actually Jesus, the son of God, is in my life. That Jesus, the son of God, is talking to me and he has everything I need. Will you allow God to step into the, leave the old areas which hold us back, to make a decision to follow him into new life, that you're going to leave the old stuff behind and step into what God wants you to do. Let me tell you, that might take a journey. I wonder, blind Bartimaeus, he, he would have, he was able to, to walk, but I wonder how well he could walk. I wonder if it took a while for him to be able to walk properly to follow Jesus, to keep up. I wonder if it took a while to get these legs working again. But he chose, Lord, to, to, he chose to follow Jesus. Even though these legs might not have been the best, he followed Jesus, not knowing where he was going, not knowing where Jesus was going at all or what it was going to happen, but he just followed Jesus. Even though it would have been a strain for him, he followed Jesus. Our life. Should not our lives be the same as blind Bartimaeus? Where we choose to step into him and follow him wherever he wants us to go. To live a life of worship to our king. To live a life of sacrifice for our king daily. So I'm going to pray this morning. I don't know if there's anyone here that feels like you just can't hear God. Or maybe you're in this place where... <clears throat> You feel like I'm not worthy to hear God. Or maybe in the, you're in this place where you say, I don't need God because I've got everything I need and I'm doing well. Can I ask you this morning to say simple prayer? Jesus, will you have mercy on me? Jesus, will you step and give, I give you permission to step into my life and see what happens. Can we all stand today? And I think today we need to pray for a heart and mind shift that we would not be looking at the people around us beside us. And so much saying, this is what everyone else does, that this is what I'm doing. 
but our hearts would be attuned to God and we would say, God, will you speak to me and I'm gonna do what you want me to do. That our minds that give us all the excuses that we don't step into where God wants us to be, we would choose to lay those excuses down and we would step in just like blind Bartimaeus to stand up, to come before him and say, God, this is what I need. And then when he gives you what you need, you would not just sit, but you would actually follow him and walk into all that he has for you today. So God, I pray for all of us. I pray. God, Lord, for the ones that are here and they're pressing into God. They wanna be close to you. They feel like you're in their lives. I pray, Lord God, Lord, right now for an acceleration of that in Jesus' Name. I pray and I ask, Lord God, that God, even though they're pressing in and even though, God, we're searching for you, Lord God, I pray for such an acceleration. I pray and ask, Lord, like blind Bartimaeus to ask for his sight and you gave him his sight, that for the ones, Lord, who are pressing into you, God, and they're asking, Lord, for whether it's faith, whether it's gift of healings, whether it's finances, whatever it is, whether it's ministry, Lord God. I pray, Lord, for an acceleration of that, Lord God, that you put them into the perfect place at the perfect time so that, God, when your calling comes, they would not miss your calling. They would not miss where you want them to go, Lord, I pray. But God, they'd be in that perfect sweet spot, Lord. As the wave comes, Lord, they would jump on it and step into all that you have for them, Lord, I pray in Jesus' Name. God, Lord, I pray, Lord, for the ones that are here. And all they can hear is Jesus of Nazareth. And they haven't quite got the perception that Jesus, Son of David, or Jesus, Son of God, is in their lives. That God, they would hear the call and realise that Jesus is truly the Son of God. And Jesus has the answer for every need. Jesus is calling you and waiting for you to step into Him, to take the step to walk closer to Him, to find out who He really is that the things that you think are needs in your life, you will find out they're not any longer because you need Jesus. And the things that are holding on to you in your life that you can't let go of as you step towards Jesus, He will set you free. The blindness will fall off and sight will come into your life yet again. And God, Lords, I pray for the ones here too who have never had an experience of You, who don't know what it's like to find a Saviour that loves them. And I pray and I ask, Lord God, You would open their eyes, Lord, supernaturally this morning to see You. That God, You would call them back to their kingdom, back into relationship with You. That they would truly know You and accept You as their Saviour. This morning, I pray in Jesus' Name. Now, I've just prayed over those truths, those areas, but I've been talking about stepping out. And if you're here this morning, if you're in any of the last two areas, where you feel like all you can hear is Jesus of Nazareth, but not Jesus, Son of God. Maybe you don't really trust Him as you should. I'm gonna ask, and, and maybe not step out as such, but put your hand up because I believe the faith step initiates something in your life. And if you're, not here, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, He's calling for you. He wants to have a relationship with you. I'd like you to raise your hand as well. And just by that faith step, I think something's gonna change in your life. Something will happen. So is there anyone here this morning that fits into those two categories? Anyone here at all? Thank you. Anyone here this morning? 
a guard, Lord, I pray. And I ask, Lord, your spirit to rest upon everything that they've heard this morning. That God, we would have the strength to stand up like blind Bartimaeus, to push against the crowd, to push against perceptions and step into all that you have in Jesus' name. Amen.